Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And I'm your host, Isaac Jessen. He's back. Back from the dead. <laughs> Me and Zane felt bad that we killed Isaac while well, Zane killed Isaac. And we uh, ruined him back into reality as the co-host of this podcast. Hello. Yeah, I was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but then you guys were like, we're sorry. <laughs> and I was like, all right, let's hang out. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we overthrew the oppressors of Solana. Spoilers. <laughs> the War of the Monarchs is over. Shadow has won. Nice. Got him. Got him. Um, how's, it, how's it going? Yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, seen each other in podcast professional world and also in uh real life <laughs> that's so true uh it's going great uh you know battle hardened la happened i hope you listened to that whole episode because it was it was great and uh i've just been summer boying it up i just don't even wear pants i just wear shorts i drink in the middle of the day you know nice. it's awesome Got some dad sandals, your screen on, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. Well, you've earned it, you know, work hard and you uh, get your your R&R time. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. I've been very social. I go to a lot of bars now. It's great. But I have to kind of get down to brass taxes and stuff. I have to create a whole new class for next uh, year and uh a few other things i got to start doing professionally for the job so oh but. congratulations oh thanks i mean you're teaching a new class next year well i'm I, this is what i'm doing so i get a section of weightlifting but that normally is just like a no offense to my school or anything like that a fuck off period Oh yeah, no, that's, that's fine for you to say. It's just reality. (laughs) I am going to dupe all of my students who have signed up for that class into an exercise science class. That's rigorous and challenging. (laughs) Awesome. Exercise is good for you. This is good. Welcome to weightlifting. All you fuck off kids who thought you were getting a free period. Welcome to hell. Welcome to Taylor's dungeon. Uh, it's it's definitely not going to be a, a dungeon of pain unless uh, note taking gives you uh, cramps and elaborate exams. So we're going to do that. So I'm going to you know teach them anatomy, the difference between different types of uh, muscles, etc. You know, so instead of just kind of showing up and doing their with no warm up, their one rep max for bench press, squat, and deadlift, or using the hamstring machine for weird activities, they're actually going to like learn. <laughs> so instead so of just that. getting a swole chest. Or not even just like pull a muscle (laughs) or, or I had one student last year who would skip my class and then show up like partway through and they'd be like, yeah, I just PR'd at bench press. I just did 140. Pretty sick, huh? And I was like, bro, I rep that for 15, you know, like get out of here. Show up to my class on time. 
or bench press more. <laughs> this this is cool though because it's just like such a waste. Like there's uh, at our small poor school, and probably a lot of schools around the country. There's like some wasted classes that at least I find very interesting. Right, like uh, exercising and being healthy is like great. Right, it's great whether you like work in an office or like you know, have an active job or like, it doesn't matter. It's just like good for your brain and your body and your longevity and everything. So, uh, you know, to learn about that kind of thing instead of just have it be, you know, don't do shit class. I think for a lot of students, they actually do spend their time fucking off by being physically active. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah, totally. But, uh, they need to learn, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're going to do that, or at least they need to learn how to learn. That's the main, I think, goal of the class is like, you know, you hopefully learn something from it and you now understand the importance of note taking and studying and being proactive with your communication Rather than being like, uh, today's the test. Uh, I didn't study or I was up all night doing something else. <laughs> Can I take it tomorrow? You know, like none of that is going to fly for my class, which will be a very hard adjustment for a lot of my students. But it's, you know, it's maybe also classic new teacher uh, pitfall. Is like I'm just gonna be a fucking hard ass, and make these kids learn. <laughs> like you have energy and motivation. And yeah, things. totally. <laughs> Not just gonna give them a packet and say, "Okay, you have 50 <laughs> minutes to do this packet," and then don't also let me. them. Yeah, don't bother <laughs> me, and also let them turn all of their work in last minute. Like it's not gonna happen in my class. I don't want to do that. Nice. So, anyway, there we there we go. What's new with you? You have actually started a real firefighter job. Yeah, I did. I, I was actually up all night two nights ago. Um, How many cats fire. have you saved? Uh, none. I we, we, <laughs> So they've all perished? What the hell, dude? <laughs> I knew you we've were a dog no person, but come on. Calls. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, I've, we've gotten that before for my volunteer department, but not for my job job yet. Um, yeah, I started a few weeks ago and um, it's great. I work three days a week. So you work 72 hours straight and then you get four days off except when you're out on a fire and then you work a fuck ton. Um, <laughs> but you know, the gen- the general schedule is pretty nice. I've been p- picking up some overtime though. So like this, I just worked four days and now I have two off and I'll work four straight but that's kind of getting sorted out. So I won't have to do that after this. Um, but yeah, you know, it's good. I need a career and a, a paycheck and um, I'm doing something I really enjoy. And yeah, I mean, you know, even getting up in the middle of the night and go fight and fire for, I don't know, seven hours or whatever is like pretty, like, it's fun. Like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't sit in an office and code, you know, like, no, if, like if that's your thing, great or whatever, but I just like, I'm, I'm kind of like squirrely, you know, I, I just like, give me a, a mission 
and I'll do it and I'll be happy, you know? So that's, that's how my brain works. And, uh, I'm, you know, happy to be doing it. Although I do very much appreciate my days off. I'll tell you what. I can only imagine since you, Oh, also I'm like, I'm out in the boonies at my station, which is cool because we get fewer calls, but our car, our calls are like real and you're on scene first for a while before anybody else shows up. So, um, you know, it's like good experience and, you know, less, less little fiddle fucking around calls for nothing. (laughs) Nice. That's my, that's my news. That's my life. That's what's been going on. It's like the uh, difference between being a general nurse and an ER nurse. Mm -hmm. If that is a more relatable topic, I don't know if it is. (laughs) I just have also had nurse friends who have been like, oh yeah, like this guy came in with like multiple gunshot wounds. He almost died. It was crazy. Best work day ever. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the worst work day ever. Are you kidding me? Well, it's that or you're like wiping somebody's butt again. So, yeah, totally. You know, I mean, you also might have to wipe their butt. Yeah, you're probably doing both. Let's be real. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, cool. I'm I'm glad we're both uh, doing very well, you know? Yeah. I'm Uh, I'm a little envious of you. I I do want to have some of that uh, summer boy (laughs) antics. That does sound pretty fun. It is pretty fun, but so one of the, cause now I'm a summer boy. Uh, also shout out to <laughs> shout out to all the summer boys out there. No. Yeah, totally. Shout out to Jordan, Jesse go, who have coined the term summer boy as a, uh, kind of way to live your life during the, the summertime. Uh, go listen to that <laughs> podcast. It's great. They explain it in, uh, in detail and I'm not going to explain somebody else's podcast joke on a separate podcast but is that a podcast though like is there a because there's podcasts that like review movies albums books etc can we just review podcasts (laughs) oh yeah or like they do a whole we're gonna rewatch game of thrones from the beginning and talk about it the whole time could we do that with somebody else's podcast as a podcast Oh, that's hilarious. Not review multiple <laughs> podcasts, just review like Jordan and Jesse go yeah. or whatever. It's Jordan, I, I didn't Jesse like this go, episode as much fine. so much, but oh yeah. Well, we'd have to do one where we both listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. On episode 572, they really hit their stride as yeah. podcast hosts and stuff, you know. Yeah. I felt like Jesse was a little distracted though and like maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah his dog must have been on his lap again while he was podcasting half of most podcasts are just kind of fucking around anyway so this is a totally viable idea (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i love that as we slow intro our flesh and blood podcast (laughs) i know totally we're just if this is your first episode thank you for being here uh we don't usually well sometimes we do talk about bunch of bullshit i do have some lawn care updates for those dirty lawn boys and girls and people oh, yeah. out there give who it want to those, me daddy those sort of updates so it's a here's the backstory we used to have a bunch of blackberry brambles everywhere 
And then we hired a crew of people to just decimate all of the blackberries. So now I have much more lawn space to mow. But this has also coincided with what seems to be a pretty slow year for my grass. So whereas before I felt like I had to mow multiple times a week, this year it's like once a week or once every other week or something like that. So it has been a very chill lawn care day or period summer, which has been awesome. But my freaking tire was hanging on by a thread the other day. I was like, why am I, why can I not make a freaking turn here to save my life? What is going on? And then my tires just like dangling willy nilly. And I was like, <laughs> Oh fuck, I got to fix that. So then had to learn how to like fix a tire on a lawnmower and spoilers. It's crazy easy. You just like take it off and then put a new one on. It's like held on by like a tiny pin, which is, which is wild to me. So it was pretty easy. And then now she just runs freaking great. Loving it. So there's the, there's the lawn care update. There's also, nice. we, we've expanded our garden to be massive. So that's like a huge portion of the lawn mowing part. I don't have to do anymore too. So helpful. Oh yeah. Plus yeah. you guys put up a bunch more fencing in. Yeah. Yeah. You have like this mini inner backyard. Yeah. It's like all gardeny and yeah. developed, which is cool. And then like your outer backyard yes. as a, you know, a big, like a big lawn with fruit trees and stuff. It's very nice. It is very nice. The apples are coming in. I think we're gonna have a banger year. My new, well, new to me, Mutsu tree. Shout out to Mutsu apples. The best apple looks like it's going to have plenty of apples this year. I'm pretty soaked. Nice. Yeah. I've actually never heard of a Mutsu apple. Oh, it's so good. So you get some local uh, goat cheese, lamb chopper specifically. You slice that, slice off a piece of Mutsu, consume. It's the best thing. Nice. Lamb chop. Is that a humble or whatever? Like a. Yeah. It's local goat cheese, baby. Nice. Well, I guess it's sheep cheese because it's lamb, but. Right. Right. But yeah. Well, nice. I think it's just called lamb chopper. Lambs don't make uh, cheese because they're babies <laughs> or milk or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's real hard to get any cheese out of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Uh, let, let's uh, do some, some podcast stuff unless you want to talk about anything else. Nah, I mean, well, I wasn't in school till like mid-May, so my spring had a late start. So I'm still in like the, I still have some weed whacking to do and a little bit more work to get all my firewood squared away for next winter. So I'm like, I'm still in that spring push that, you know, we uh, rural folk have, which is like pretty unfortunate. I wish that phase was over, but that's what you, that's what happens when you, you know get too much shit going on um that's almost over and then i'm gonna slide into like summer roll where you don't have to mow anymore and you know just work and then uh have a day off and have a beer at the pond i'm gonna be getting in, getting in on that as well that uh summer summer boy stuff <laughs> i don't know if i'm using that right but i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah so i guess ultimate this would be my ultimate summer boy maneuver that you could perform 
is that you're at a pool party drinking a cocktail with an umbrella in it and you're also in a speedo <laughs> and have like some sort of large chain on at the same time that would be one move that you could do as a summer boy all right i don't think i'm a summer boy but i'm gonna do my equivalent of that thing <laughs> sweet Perfect. i'm gonna have my dog at the pond at a beer you know it's whatever it means to you it doesn't have to be totally super specific okay let's uh let's talk flesh and blood from now yeah. on let's roll into some news kind of in our flesh and blood podcast uh just recently as of this morning today uh blitz for season seven is now changed so you get 52 cards and you present a 40 card deck full stop so you get one extra card so it used to be 52 cards including your hero and no extra cards outside of your 40 cards it had to fill up with equipment 11 pieces of equipment but now you have 12 sideboard slots that could be equipment or extra cards what do you think yep i mean this is huge news right huge baby Um, because that was the kind of defining factor of blitz was your deck had to be constructed in a completely different way and that it had to be like pretty resilient and like self-sufficient into different strategies and if it's strategy changed or whatever right because um playing against wizard or playing against fatigue or playing against aggro your deck had to have all the same cards this change i think is for the better right i like it better but I might be the only one here, but I don't really like the change that they made because to me now it's just like blitz is like CC, but with different numbers that the game isn't really designed for, right? Like flesh and blood is designed for classic constructed and draft. And most of their testing and design goes into those things. Um, blitz was a bit different because of the lack of a sideboard. And now to me, it just feels like classic constructed, but with like numbers that they did not plan around. Um, but maybe that's fine, right? Because it's like a more casual format that was at worlds for some reason. And, um, you know, maybe that's just, you know, maybe this is the way they want to take blitz and, uh, they'll consider it a bit more when, when weighing cards and, uh, you know, again, I, I'll probably like blitz more now, but it's just, uh, it's, it's just such a different game when you can now sideboard in like tech cards, you can sideboard in more blues. If you're playing against frost or wizard, you know, you can side in and out oasis respite, which is frost is gone, baby. There's no frost unless you're Lexi frost. Oh, right. They both LL'd. Yeah. But still, um, (laughs) Wife's home. Well, maybe you want to pump your exudes, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, But like defense reactions, Oasis Respite, Blues, like all of these things can come in and out. Whereas before it was like this delicate balance of uh, having your deck function in all all, uh, encounters. Um, So to me, this is wildly different and we'll see how it goes. How how are you feeling about this? I think this... I've been vocal on this podcast that this is the change I have always wanted. I I think it is just going to make the game so much better because you'll like 
be able to play more heroes now, you know, because you'll have access to some tech cards to like help you out in some matchups. And I think the dream of having this like finely crafted 40 cards, you know, puzzle to make sure you, you like can do okay in your tournament is just like a fallacy, (laughs) you know, and everybody in blitz just played like the most broken thing they could basically play. You know what I mean? Because there is no way for anybody to change their game plan. So you're just like, how can I kill you as fast as possible or have the highest chance to have this like combo thing go off and then you're like done for, you know what I mean? And that's still probably going to happen. So even though you like are bringing in some tech cards, you just might not see them. You know, your deck can't change that much. You only have, you know, in, in reality, six card slots, right? Or less, mm-hmm. right? Because you, oh no, it's five. Legs, arms, chest, plus your weapon, if you don't have dual weapons. So your deck's not going to change that much, but it just might make it so like, you know, Kasai has a fighting chance against Kano, whereas that's just like basically an auto loss. You know what I mean? So if this change allows more heroes, like if we can play Valda, Kasai, Shiana, you know, uh, maybe even Benji. I don't know what Blitz metas are like because I don't play it. Uh, maybe helps out Chain, you know, maybe probably helps out Prisms. Like if it makes it so more heroes can be played at like a competitive level, that just makes the game better, in my opinion. Because then you have more people who can play the hero they really like and not just be like, oh, well, I played three Kanos and lost turn two to all three of them. Now I'm in the 3 bracket playing Cavdane, you know, or whatever. Yeah, that that is a really good point, I think, because I was just considering the overall picture of what Blitz is, which I still stand by what I said. But if it does turn out that by teching hate cards against the best deck, like, because we've had some eras, right? Like the Viserai era in Blitz um, and the yeah, Icelander terrible. era in Blitz. And, um, you know, Kano, Old Him, both being really strong. If, like, tech cards to counter these evens out, I mean, you know, that's part of the reason I didn't like Blitz because, like, there's always something kind of broken running around and you're just like, this is unfortunate. <laughs> but if this smooths all that out, then, uh, you know, my thoughts against the change are, like, it's worth it if it all smooths if it smooths all of it out and you can counter some of the the best decks in the format i think that 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 will be well worth it i I still think the you get the like i have to build this like well-oiled machine deck that you that the thing that people like in blitz you you just get like six cards now to do something slightly different you know what i mean you just yeah. get like 46 cards now instead of yeah, just 40. 40. 47, right? Because you get 52 now. Sure. So hero and three, yeah. Or Your hero, hero is not four. a part of it. Yeah. Your hero is not a part of it? Correct. It's 52 cards. So you have a 12-card oh, so, sideboard. So then you get an eight-card sideboard for equipment and cards. 
Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, is not much, right? Like yeah. if you're, if you have sinks in Oasis for Spite and Arcane Barrier, that's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> two sinks, two fates, or two sinks, two Oasises, two AB. Yeah. You know, that's six cards right there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> two blues. Boom. And one burdens from the past. <laughs> Come at me, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Get fucked, Riptide. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. I'm actually pretty excited for blitz now because of this added puzzle and flexibility that's now going to be in the format. So I'm stoked. Cool. Cool. All right. And our, uh, our other bit of news is that bullseye bracers has been banned. Now this happened a few days ago, not this morning, but, um, <laughs> I think has pretty good repercussions for the meta. Um, Lexi's numbers were not too strong, nor were her like was her like oppressive nature. Like some certain, or just for in my opinion, some metas like uh, Starvo or Chain were like pretty oppressive. It felt like, um, whereas I didn't feel like Lexi was quite as oppressive as those decks. But still, having a little tweak to like downplay her power a bit if it's what you know if she still remains very viable in a top tier deck and um especially with this upcoming meta and she just needed a tweak down uh that's that's okay with me um especially since bullseye bracers like you know in a pinch it was worth like a tunic into bullseye so like it was worth six damage you know maybe threatening eight but on the high end like my favorite play, it's worth um, seven, 13, maybe threatening 15 damage off of two cards. So then that's like a really powerful piece of equipment. And it's like threatening 13 after a bunch of previous damage on the turn. So it's like kind of 13 unblockable damage. And, uh, you know, that's uh, totally Which that's happens, worthy of getting rid of. You have to like <laughs> spend your two, you know, your 12 cards worth of block no your 12 cards your 12 your four cards worth of 12 defense on the previous two arrows and then endless arrow comes in for six yeah. and then you bullseye bracers it again and it comes in for 12 or seven you know yeah or, or like i'm thinking and you like, just so, have to take it you know what i mean yeah so if you play like heat seeker on a rain razors three of a kind turn or something your opponent's like needs to block that right and then maybe there's another arrow <laughs> and then shot the yeah the play i'm thinking of is if you draw three of a kind into a red um bolton shot then you bullseye bracers that and then you load a card when that hits so yeah. you get to play two extra arrows <laughs> with the rain razors pump and the one you know it, that's like yeah. that's a bit too much like I know in the game we like excitement and we like the high rolly feeling, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I'm less into that, but LSS is really invested in that kind of um, style of play. So I know that's cool, but it's just like, it's a bit much if, uh, you know, the Lexi draws too well and could just like high roll you the fuck off the table. So <laughs> yeah, I'm all for getting rid of those kind of cards. It, it is pretty unfortunate for Azalea, but you know, collateral damage is part of ban or it has been for a long time. So I guess that's what it is. The Hornet sting has been pretty good. 
or is like better than you think it is in my opinion, especially in Azalea. I've been playing quite a bit of Azalea. Maybe my next stream will be an Azalea stream. Nice. But like been doing uh, Sanskar Great Bow and you just get a lot of value off of blocking with that and Perch Clapplers in only one card just keeps things moving right along and maybe deals a damage. And that's like pretty worth it has felt in my opinion. So, you know, maybe that'll just be the, the norm kind of moving forward, but who knows, but I'm, I'm glad something did happen to Lexi. I mean, just being at battle hardened LA kind of the last, uh, whatever outsiders meta tournament. I mean, there was just so much Lexi and so much Lexi in the top eight. I mean, the deck was just like, cause it's so late in the meta, the deck's so tuned, at this point, you know, and people are really good at playing it, that it was, you know, obviously like a cut above uh, the other decks. Even the decks that like were trying to hate on it was still really hard, you know, like they probably needed another two weeks, you know, for them to change a little bit to adapt or whatever, but it did feel uh, pretty good. So I'm glad something did happen. And as always, I feel like they choose like a pretty elegant uh, solution. Maybe not so much in like, I don't know. What got banned? That was like kind of weird Autumn's Touch. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can't remember if that was like awesome or not or what really needed to happen. Unsure. Yeah, Starbo is pretty good still. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, like, like the deck that hate on Lexi like um Dromai or Old Him or Uzuri. Um that's still a pretty close matchup, which I like, but the fact that Lexi can just hire like I call it the Briar effect, right? Where you yeah you, like if you're playing a deck where you just auto win one out of five games, it's like pretty nice for the Lexi player and pretty feels bad for your opponent, right? Because you you're just like, oh, well, I guess I just win this one because I drew too well, you know? Yeah. Um, and even into yeah. the the decks that are like tech specifically for you and have the mm-hmm. strongest game into you. Um, if you can just like, I don't know. I'm just like anti-high roll. <laughs> so um, yeah, get, getting rid of that is cool. And it's cool that like they're still leaning into, you know, you can still rain razors, you can still codex, you can still use these really powerful tools that are fun for Lexis, but, um, you know, targeting something like I thought they would honestly target Bolton shot, but, um, I think the bracers is maybe even a better ban. Um, I think this is a clever choice. Yeah, totally. Now it's all about bracers of belief, baby. Hit that red, get an extra plus two. Hell Plus yeah. for Azalea with the toxic tips, they can, uh, you can block Spinal Crush with a card and the grapplers and the tips without using your tunic to block, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Toxic Spy- Tips. Shout out to Spinal Crush, my old nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of it on the news. A new Battle Hardened was announced. Uh, Salt Lake in September. I yep. am thinking about going. Sounds Ooh. pretty fun. Nice. Yeah, totally. Uh, shout outs. So I've been streaming the last couple of days. Uh, check it out. The Attack Action Podcast. 
at uh, youtube.com slash the attack action podcast. I'm pretty sure is what it is. And I've been streaming in the mornings and I've been playing a lot of inset, uh, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later in the pod, but just shout out to everybody who's been there. Uh, Wit Acer. So really cool moment. Uh, sent me a little message in the chat and was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember, but you sent me cards like years ago and now I've qualified for nationals. So thanks for helping me get into the game. And I had to like sit there and think. And I definitely remember like I sent some pre-cons to somebody in Canada <laughs> and uh, so that they could play the game. And and then now they've qualified for nationals. So cool. Yeah, really uh, awesome time. So just what a great moment. So just make sure like that if and Blake Meyer was in the chat today this morning and that was that was fun you know bringing uh Blake energy to my situation nice. which is awesome did he uh, sass you at all no he didn't sass me he just asked honest questions oh cool <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> it was great I like uh, the sass too but that's I cool told him also. he should just have a podcast because he has a lot of opinions and that would be a great way for him to get his opinions out it's like a weirdly anti-podcast though for how podcasty he is <laughs> you know? that's a great way to play like he would have a great podcast and we but. probably also talk about him on our podcast like at least once a month <laughs> yeah you know so if only he listened uh but what was i gonna say shit i got derailed oh oh you're just in the chat on talishar yeah it's just important to tell your people that you listen to their stuff or enjoy the things they're making. It's just important to reach out to them. I, as a person who has done that, reached out to people who I'm like, Hey, the thing you're doing, I really appreciate feels awkward, but the amount that I personally and Isaac, I'm speaking for Isaac and Colin and creators in general, internet artists, appreciate that is immense and it's like it makes everything worth it so make sure you do that speaking of support us on patreon we're a ad-free corporation free uh our content is free channel that is purely supported by listeners or our audience so the best way to support us is through patreon and it's $4 a month. We, we do six hours of con eight hours of content every month. That's a dollar an hour. Is that math working out? No, it's, it's 50 cents an hour, 50 You're cents welcome. an hour. <laughs> See, I, I'm all, I'm all flustered. 50 cents an hour is basically where you're paying us. And it's super helpful. If you can now notice me and Isaac's fidelity sounds even better on the podcast because we use some sweet Patreon money to get new microphones, baby. So now we're bringing ASMR, flesh and blood. Yeah, they're very, uh, they're more intimate microphones. Yeah. As we, uh, you know, continue our ever, our uh, ongoing, you know, stroll towards that bridge between only flesh and blood and podcasting and only fans. Yeah. 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 Let me here just, we come. <laughs> here, here I am searching through my deck for a figment. <laughs> Uh, yes, and uh, it's a figment of rebirth. I'll do a rebirth video 
for you if you <laughs> pay me. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what you're doing. So thank you, that, patrons. <laughs> that's what you're supporting. <laughs> anyway, Isaac, Isaac's falling out of a cherry can. I, I hope this is nobody's first episode. <laughs> If it is, this is exactly how all the episodes go to. Yeah, so, that's fair. Freaking support us, please. We appreciate it. If you're financially able, that would be great. Moving on. Anything else, Isaac? Uh, no. Nope. I don't have any shout outs. I have had a couple people on Talishar also shout me out lately, like um, saying, oh, hey, you know, I listen or, um, you know, just whatever. And, um, you know, like Taylor said, all of that is very much appreciated. So thanks a lot. All right, moving into the main topic here. Today, we're going to talk about uh, pre-release weekend a bit, some chit-chat about that, you know, how it went, moving into Monarch draft season. And then we're going to talk about um, Dust Till Dawn previews and our uh, our takes. Um, we're not going to do a... a shit what's it called i go through every card set, and read it episode. set review i know yeah. you always want to do a set review and i'm like bro it's the expandable set we don't do that that'd be crazy and you're like oh okay we do it for the other sets it's like yes because we draft those and it's important. no but your your specific argument was well then we'd just be wildly speculating on cards and i was like that's what we do every time <laughs> <laughs> i think we nailed outsiders set review actually yeah agreed that's the feeling I have anyway. I haven't gone back and re-listened, but you know, I'm pretty sure I remember that perfectly. So <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Evaluated every card. Um, I was working yesterday being Sunday pre-release weekend. How was your pre-release weekend? Okay. Well, pre-release weekend started for me the night before when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, set the scene, <laughs> set the scene. We're at local watering hole Humbrews, not shout out to Humbrews. Their burgers are too expensive and their shows always start way too late. So not shout out to them, but the sound system was great. So I had a bunch of friends do like a local show. So there were two bands and two DJs and I didn't go to bed till 2 a.m. So that's when pre-release started for me, baby. And uh, they only had mega tall cans of a drinkable cider for me because I have a gluten allergy and can't have beer. So uh, I was like, okay, there's two bands, two DJs. I'm going to be here for forever. So I can just drink, right? And when you have like an extra eight ounces or whatever, <laughs> every beverage, <laughs> it catches up to you. And... uh so then when uh, the morning rolled around, I was like, good God, I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah, when you when you have giant tankards, you have less of the breaks in between them for like water and air and things your brain needs <laughs> and just more beer drinking time. So I think that is a factor there. Yeah, you're just, well, because then people finish, you know, like however many ounces before you. And they're like, hey, I'm going to the bar. Do you want another beer? And you're like, yes, because this is like, an opportunity I should take advantage of. Yeah, don't wait in line. 
Yeah. Yeah, I want another tankard. Yeah, hell yeah. So we're just going to pound these last eight ounces of basically full glass uh, so I can not hold two things. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that would be stupid. That'd be dumb. I got one hand has to be pumping up the jams and the other hand has to hold the beverage, you know? So it was a great show. I regret nothing. I had so much fun. And uh, all the tunes were bangers. I danced my little butt off. My funny, I have a uh, fitness part to my smartwatch, and I was partway through pre-release, and I was like, I have five thousand steps already today. Have I been pacing in the store, not knowing it? <laughs> and I was like, Oh right, I like danced for two hours this morning because it counts like it doesn't yeah, know mid- when I go to bed to two or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, I was like, Awesome, I've. I'm doing it today. This is great. So yeah, I gave the other people at pre-release a fighting chance by nerfing myself by being hungover. And the the shop owner or the person working that day was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of hungover. And they're like, yeah, you look really hungover. And I was like, (laughs) well, (laughs) that's that's when you know you're hungover. (laughs) People are like, I've been yeah, warm. you don't look good either. Yeah, yeah you don't totally. feel good. You also don't look good. Yeah, we're just gonna put this trash can next to you just in case. <laughs> I know you don't need it, but you know, just in case. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so, <clears throat> pre-release was fine for some reason. Locally, dusk till dawn has not drawn the numbers that other pre-releases have. We also now have this weird thing where. We have two local stores in a feud that they don't understand they're in because their pre-releases were at the same time, basically. And so I just chose to go to the closer one rather than the farther away store that's not as good. Anyway, um, these people need to figure their shit out is one of the things. Secondly, so there was only four of us. So we just did Monarch Sealed, which was uh, lackluster, to say the least. And then we just opened some Dust Till Dawn. And of course, like how it happens at every single one of our pre-releases, the brand spanking new person opens extended art flesh hat for Brute, which was amazing. Was sick. Yeah. And cold foil uh, Empyrean Rapture. So that was great day for them. <laughs> they didn't know it, but they were having an awesome day. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did because they went like, hey, this looks cool. And we look over and we're like, whoa. And then they're nice. like, oh, wait, this is a thing, right? And then we go, whoa. You know? <laughs> so they like knew. <laughs> it was exciting for everybody. And nice. I, the only things I opened were all of the Unity cards for the heroes like endless or winter has come or whatever it's called northern winds anthem of spring call down to lightning literally everyone on twitter and facebook opened multiple legendaries and extended arts so (laughs) i know that's what i posted on my twitter only one (laughs) went i went 104 and zero at my pre-release i just drafted all four heroes at once no problem yep i mean that's just the average tweet you know yeah totally which be the person on Twitter to post your like O three draft or your one two draft or your your 
02 got the buy draft and just a foil rare, just be that person to help the numbers out. Cause it just sucks that everybody floods Twitter with just like how good and awesome they are every pre-release. And then you just go home with your Northern winds, not even foil. And you're like, dang, <laughs> totally. The worst is that doesn't really bug me very much, except when somebody like, like the most famous content creator or like a rich guy or something is like, <laughs> well, check out this extended art cold foyer, uber rare, you know, legendary. I pulled don't really give a shit because I'm ordering the whole play set of all of that anyway. But, you know, this cool pull. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. But so shout out to Evan who freaking opened the nuts at our pre-release. That was awesome. So. Yeah, he opens Flesh Hat, and I'm like, oh, you're a brute player now. You're going to have a great time. And then he opens Rapture, and I was like, oh, I guess you're a prison player now. You're going to maybe have a good time. I don't know. <laughs> both both classes people love a lot. So, Is that what so, people are calling it now, Flesh Hat? I just can't remember its actual name, but I just know it's like a hat with flesh on it. So, What Hayden say? It's resting bitch face for... <laughs> for uh <laughs> for flesh and blood that's the other shout out i want to shout out is shout out to tommy fresh who had a great spoiler video i know this is a long time ago but uh it was awesome i thought it was well produced cinematic masterpiece i would even call it part 2 to our or a spiritual successor to our everfest spoiler it was a great video and then shout out to Hayden Dale, who looked like he cobbled together something in 10 minutes and had a lot of his like crotch shot in frame <laughs> <laughs> for his like spoiler. And uh, it was not funny. And <laughs> but I haven't just, seen his yet. We just got to see him from like the belly button to the knees a lot. And and that was fun. So, well, I know how what I'm watching right after this. <laughs> Um, yeah, but huge shout out to Tommy Fresh, who like was not giving him a spoiler for a really long time, despite being a cornerstone of the community. Um, well-earned and well-deserved, nice guy, great content creator and, uh, you know, great job. Good for you, man. Totally sub to his channel. He just needs 500 people to be subbed on YouTube, which is insane to me that that has not happened because he's going to do a full Leviah cosplay and I have no clue how he's going to pull that off. And I just want to see him do that. Like, you know, it's me too. Who knows how it's going to, I hope it's like a little sweaty, <laughs> juicy, like the tentacles kind of have a, a bit of a glisten to them or something. Like he spray bottles oil all over them or something. That's just how I imagine it happening. I don't know. I don't know why it's canon. Now you got to do it, Tommy. I know you listen to the show. So also the, so that hat is called scowling flesh bag. Oh, nice. Which to me is way better than flesh face. Sorry. That was just getting to me. Flesh hat. It was flesh flesh hat. hat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why this is better, but I like it better. So it's very good. It's a very good card. Yeah, it is. It's like really good. Anyway, uh, so that was how pre-release went. It was fine. Monarch Sealed is pretty, pretty blah. 
Uh, well, I, I told you this before the sh- show started. I I don't think sealed is a bad format. I think it's a good format. I think flesh and blood sealed is always hot garbage. And I know some <laughs> people disagree with me and, you know, even like really good players, but that's just my personal take. So, you know, nice at battle bro, Isaac on Twitter for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's whatever. I wish I had a cooler, but we're going to get into Monarch draft here uh, later in the month. So we'll have like a nice breakdown of that for you. Our, our uh, B plus tier slash B minus tier player takes on uh, how to how to be good at Monarch Draft. So you have that to look forward to. Maybe you're like an A minus player. I think you're A minus. A plus mm, in my I heart. I used to be good at draft, but the last two pro level events I went to, I went three and three. So I'm on a bit of a all right B plus then uh, a little average streak here that I think I need to like uh, practice more. <laughs> if I make it to Nats this year, I do need to practice some Monarch draft instead of just wing it because that's not been working <laughs> lately. <laughs> totally. I, that's maybe like a whole other episode is talking about how I've been preparing for flesh and blood events and how it's been not working. <laughs> is it, I mean, it's really like has been a pretty good experiment, but um, the results are down. That's for sure. So Got to stay up till 1 a.m. with Thomas. Shout out to Thomas on webcam games back in the day style. Anyway, should we get into like the set Dusk Till Dawn? Let's do it. Okay. So my first kind of question is, this is the first expandable set of its kind. And is is this good? Is this cool? Is this... Is it a hit? I still don't really know personally, but uh, what are your, I want to hear your thoughts first, Isaac. Um, so I am very biased because I love Leviah. I know I haven't played it in a long time because the game keeps getting a little more powerful and Leviah was not great to start with, <laughs> but playing Leviah is one of my favorite parts of this game. Um, and I, so I love Leviah. I also love playing Dromai and, um, I don't know what you call it, like area control or whatever, um, type heroes. So I was interested in, um, giving the new prism a shot. So those are, that's two out of four heroes that I was really excited about for this set. Um, as far as if I was not interested in any of these classes and having to just wait a full another cycle for any support, my reception might be a little bit lukewarm. However, it's, and they talked about this a bit on Arsenal Pass, so I won't beat it up to death, but having significant um, contributions to your class or your hero is like quite a bit, has quite a bit more value than just like token, like getting three more token cards for your hero, right? So like, you know, in the, in recent supplemental sets, you know, maybe like Azalea would get a few cards or Reinar would get a few cards or, you know, Bolton would get a card or whatever, but it just really didn't like 
it didn't change the way the hero played or make it that much more enjoyable because it's still like at D tier, you know, or didn't give you cool new mechanics. It just gave you like one card that's slightly better to swap out for one card that's slightly where, you know what I mean? Just like not that much, not that, you know, not very interesting, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, So I think uh, giving these classes like a, uh, you know, a big upgrade, like a beefy value package um, is much cooler than the other supplemental sets we've seen, which I really like also. But, um, you know, I think there's there's definitely value in that. That's all I have to say on that. How do you, what's your reception to this? Do you think that it's kind of a miss to just like focus in and upgrade a select few heroes? Or do you think that this is like, maybe the better way to go even if some players have to wait um you know or miss out until their in-depth supplemental class comes or set comes around yeah it's a hard question so there are uh i'll start with the things that vex me first i suppose uh the continued uh hashtag shine life support to illusionist continues and that at this point is just kind of like boring to me you know like we did marvel dragons that was sick but now we have marvel angels for the same class it's like we could have done like marvel demons you know what i mean or or something like that you know what i you know I agree. The figments are like some of the best art in the whole game, right? I think they're amazing, but it's like, yeah, like why not spread around the wealth? Like new prism might not be any good, but just illusionist has the vast lion share of the, uh, the cool shit, the bling in the game. And maybe that's on purpose. You want one class to be real blingy and the rest like normal. I don't know why that is though. Yeah, I I don't understand that. So that is like kind of a miss for me or is like nothing new and exciting, you know, that they're really doing there. Um I the and then the fact that it's just kind of four heroes and two of them have to be very new, you know, uh is like not so much a miss. But like, you know, we just know that a lot of times brand new heroes, at least in this uh, stage of the game, have like a harder time competing, <laughs> you know, with uh, <laughs> Isaac is doing funny gags <laughs> visually uh, just for me to try to keep me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> throw me off my game. Uh <laughs> So you have you only have one set to have kind of all of the stuff your hero needs. Maybe a little bit less for, you know, a little bit less for Prism and Vincent, but they're they're not super running a ton of the old classes cards. So they're going to be like potentially slightly underpowered or like just B tier heroes is kind of where they feel. Which we'll we'll break that down a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of like you know want little wonk do and yeah the fact that like hey if you i mean okay it's pot it's a bit of a miss because 
you don't get a small toy to play with that'll keep you entertained for two weeks if you play mechanologist let's say and then uh but on the flip side if you cared nothing about these heroes you get to save money which is awesome you know what i mean uh so there's that but then it's like a pretty big hit also uh, crown of providence reprint i'm lukewarm about that but maybe that's a me a me issue Oh, I don't own one and they cost $300. So I am Luke hot about that. Okay, sweet. There you go. Yeah. I've been just running Skullcap way more than Crown of Providence now anyway. I'm back on oh, Skullcap. Cool. Yeah. And then, you know, there's like a bunch of stuff that like, do I really need these, you know, classic expandable set, like frontline plating? Like, do I care? You know, anyway, this is the first time I'm not buying boxes of stuff. I'm just going to buy singles, which is better. But then there are some like real positives, like the Bolton upgrade is real, like Iron Song versus is fucking sweet. Uh, the Decimator Axe is cool. I'm not really excited about Fatigue Warrior, but I like the Axe. Uh, you know the Viscerai stuff. The new Viscerai specialization is sick, and Runic Rec reckoning is awesome and all of the leviah upgrades are are really cool like those things are really positive and i really enjoy the design of vincette i think it's just from a uh, a design perspective of how they've solved keeping shadow rune blade shadow rune blady and then keeping it rune blady at the same time but being completely different than briar viscerai chain um is there another rune blade i'm forgetting i feel like there is but maybe there's not um but just like what a great what a cool designed hero that uh is is pretty fun to play i think uh i agree a plus on replacing old powerful heroes with new heroes that like can you use their cards and function like right like the banish zone or the soul or whatever but are different yeah we're designing cards uh in the spaces we've created which is freaking sweet uh so that's you know that's kind of my like overall view of dusk till dawn um are there better expandable sets that we've had i think so but this is the first of its kind, so maybe it'll age better than I think it will. That's my that's my take. Fair enough. I mean, also all the heralds getting reprinted to me is like kind of a miss because it's like well, they just can't come up with other cards, so they <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's plenty yeah. of those cards in Monarch Unlimited, but um yeah, I don't. There, to me, there's just like a lot of pluses to this set. And again, I'm just biased because it contains cards for heroes I like. But just the art being so good, it having new heroes to be excited about, it having depth in its you know uh, its contribution to each class is uh, you know to me just like really really cool. Totally. Uh, the the thing I wonder about too is like. So we have all of these new shadow actions. 
How many of them are actually playable though? Well, and like a lot of them are also just like Vincet actions. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch that are like you can, you know, you can play from. All right, let me, let me. The only one I've been running is Beseech the Demigon, which is uh, the red one. Choose an attack action card in your banish zone and gets plus three until end of turn. Well, it's like a lot of them, right? Like, tear through the portal. Choose a red action card in your banish zone. It gets go again until end of turn. Really, really good. Leviathan cannot play most cards out of her banish zone. Vincent can, right? Well, until she turns into Blasma Fett. Yeah, but other th- so then this is a red two block that does nothing until then. <laughs> totally, but I'm not playing it in Vincent. To I have Mob Skies, which is just way better. Yeah, you know what it I mean? is. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. It's just like all of these that are like they're shadow actions, but they're like choose a card in your banish zone. It gets the it's like for Leviya, those are dead cards. You know, not always, but functionally so to where you're not going to be playing these cards because they won't have a target you know until you have one card in banish you can play out and then it's no longer there Vincent has a card to target every turn allegedly i mean but like vile inquisition uh can play it from banish has blood debt is free from banish but target hero banishes the top card of their deck if it's a blue they lose a life like uh who's doing that yeah, well, I mean, not Leviah, right? Because that doesn't do you anything. It's With doing Vincent, nothing. It might give you card advantage next turn. It does nothing because it, it doesn't have go again. <laughs> that's, that's why I said next turn. Next turn, you'll have an extra card to play, right? So then maybe next turn you have a six-card hand. But but then you have to you have to banish a card anyway. And then now you just have like two blood debt cards maybe... You yeah. can't play because you don't have enough rune chance. Well, maybe maybe you get a rune chant and you play a tear through the port. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's it's like to me it's functional in Vincent. It does nothing in Levia. It does because, nothing in Vincent. Well, but the cards you're targeting in Vincent, you can play. In Levia, you're targeting cards you just can't play. I mean, some of the cards you can play. You're very specific. It's not like Chain where you're like, the whole deck I can play from my Banish. It's like, I have these very specific cards I need to banish from my hand Mm -hmm. and then have this whole other resource system, enough of them to be able to play it. And then they give you one little frostbite and you're like, damn it. I only have That's actually anyway. an interesting point. I was wondering how much Icelander will be coming back or how Lake fragile sucks dick. <laughs> like how fragile these heroes are to cost curve uh, disruption, you know, Vincent. So, so disruptive or so just getting so fucked. But so like before we get into like my Vincent ramblings, there's just all of these shadow cards too, like grim feast. Am I really playing this from my banished zone to gain three life for one resource you know yeah i mean my knee jerk is like shit no you know like 
in chain yeah because it it's probably a free card in vincent it's like you have to banish it and then play you know what i mean it's like not an inherently free card so probably not yeah even dimensional vortex which is pretty good costs one doesn't block though but then each hero banishes a card from their arsenal you know and it only costs one if you play it from banish zone is like not bad but it doesn't have go again and it doesn't block <laughs> yes, and it's, it's red <laughs> or it's it's not even colorless red. It's just yeah it's it less than this, red this one thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's pretty so i don't know if that card will actually be good but it's like it's good in theory because so say you say you played off a tunic and i mean that's the other problem with it right is like it always costs one so it costs two cards but you can in theory your opponent loses a card and you gain a card because if you banish a card from your arsenal into your banish zone that you can play the next turn right sure then it's like so yeah to me then it's like it costs you one card but you gain a card and then your opponent loses a card so just that inherently is like very very powerful is it too cute not blocking or pitching probably (laughs) but (laughs) you could uh reveal it off of ravenous rabble and uh hit for five i guess it does look pretty cool so (laughs) it looks cool too uh yeah i don't know if you know this about the game of flesh and blood but you have to deal damage equal to your hero your opposing hero's life total in which probably you have to deal more because they're going to block some to win the game and Mm. dimensional vortex deals zero damage yeah that's the classic (laughs) like ice hero conundrum you know or yeah. whatever like like the classic uh you know you cat you pull it off and you cast it and your opponent's like whoa cool and then they kill you you know <laughs> totally um but you know it's yeah. it's a good there are some toolbox cards in the game where it's like you know maybe it will be part of something at some point or maybe you know yeah, who knows? We'll it could it, it definitely could be. And hopefully the cards are better than I think they are. But there's like a a number of those in light as well. Blistering assault costs two, but as Gogan, if you've used a yellow card, mm-hmm. you know. I mean dimensional vortex would really fuck Bolton up. Yeah, there goes you one know. of your luminas. Yeah, like whatever combo piece you threw in. Cast Dimensional Vortex after like turn, you know, two or three, and you got a good chance at getting them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so sick, sick tech. You heard it here. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, the, we'll see how it ages. It could be better. I'm hoping yeah. it's a little bit better than I think it's going to be. But if I were to give this a grade, I would give this a C. Plus. Hmm um all right let's move let's uh let's lay down some structure to our perusing now sound good sounds great all right uh let's talk about prism first because she's at the top of the february page i have open (laughs) (laughs) 
That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. So um, I don't have a lot of familiarity with Prism, but I have played some and I played a lot of Dromai um, and a lot of Leviah. So I will be, we'll both be covering all the heroes, but I'll be covering Prism and Leviah more and Taylor will be covering the heroes he's familiar with more. Um, so my first thought on Prism is like, how the fuck do you beat Guardian or Brute? <laughs> <laughs> right or Vincent, I, you know? i've tried to uh yeah uh, i mean i've tried to like i thought about this a lot and it's like i mean there are these scenarios right where you like uh you play like soul food and soul shield cards like this right to build up your soul enough to get all of your figments out and then you don't you don't waste them right you have to like hit a point in the game where you do one on your turn, one on their turn and you rinse repeat. So it's like you can flip up essentially to a turn cycle and like overwhelm them kind of, but starting at 32 life and having to protect the ward on all of these cards, uh, seems very difficult, right? Especially since like Reinar has intimidate, Bravo has dominate all, you know, it's just like you only have 32 life. It, I mean, it may be more possible than I'm like giving it credit for, but it just, it, that seems like too, too intricate and you're too fragile. You know, the other way you can go is just the like aura plan and like the Tromyris builds, but you don't have access to burn them all right um you do have the light illusionist auras but again you're gonna take a a lot of damage to like flash one out that you you know then of course have to like pay per aura to attack with i don't know i i just don't see it um if it is there it's cool but if (laughs) not i uh i and i bring all this up because i don't really love when they have um what do you call it? Like, like 90, 10 matchups or just like auto loss kind of matchups. Um, because I, I also see prism as being maybe kind of difficult into like fire Katsu, just like hyper aggressive decks, um, more chance your heralds hitting, but, uh, a lot of no blocks and they can like capitalize a lot faster than you, especially with 32 life. You could be very dead before you get any kind of, um, you know, advantage here so you know again i i really like the like area control the uh you know make incremental decisions to gain incremental advantage and capitalize on that and kind of like punish your opponents for their mistakes but you know if you have too many like 90 10 matchups i think a hero just feels bad like i was never a fan of the like um Kano into Prism matchup, you know, like Katsu into Dromai. There's just a number of matchups in the game where it felt like they kind of like designed a hero and then worked really hard on it and it's really cool and everything. And then they were like, well, we can't solve this matchup, but that'll just be a tough one for him. And it's, you know, near impossible. Um which to me is just kind of like unfortunate. It if you sit down in front of a tough matchup in a game, feels good. Right. I mean, like, I, I think you have to have some number of those like 90 10s or 80 20s or whatever just to keep things 
in check. But if you have like an overwhelming amount of those, then that's not great. You know, hmm. then your hero is bad. You know, what I, I mean, mean, no. So if it's like a 65 35, but you can win, I think that's okay, right? Because there's always going to be bad matchups. But if you just like literally can't win, that's where I find like, you know, a flaw in the game because you sit down at the table, reveal your heroes and you're like, well, you know, bad luck. I felt I place or, you know, sat across from this hero. So I just lose this round and like maybe this tournament because of that. Um, so, well, then you should have picked a different hero. Yeah, apparently. Or they could have just, you know, <laughs> given her some tools to function in that uh, matchup. I, th- I think I'm fine with some one-sided matchups but if that's just how the game is is like you just have only one-sided matchups then that's like not fun right so it's like a balancing act like i think you have to have some of those like some buys just so like if one hero gets really popular we can just play the thing that just beats that hopefully innately you know what i mean and then that'll keep things like a little bit like more healthy or whatever but if but i prefer like 60 40s you know that's the the meta i want to play in so there's a bit more expression of skill and that sort of thing um and that is not mirror matches or whatever uh what i'll say about prism is the best build i have run into lately has been the iris of reality shimmers build which is pretty good uh it's definitely better than just like hoping your heralds don't get popped and having figments that you don't transform because they're also going to go away that that plan is not working um but uh shimmers into then like an angel you know is is pretty good it's like nine damage right away and then turns into you know so much more damage if you just like let it go out of control and you can kind of protect shimmers a bit uh you know with als um you know and that sort of thing but that's been the better build you don't just hit it with rosetta no yeah turn one you do as soon as you see it you know what i mean but (laughs) it's like the better build because if you like ignore it or Mm-hmm. or whatever you know because sometimes your decision is like well this is like six damage i'd rather send at them than at shimmers or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. but uh other than that i don't know if prism is going to get there it would be cool if it did because i think this is kind of a cooler this prism's vibe has a better vibe for me mm-hmm. better prism me vibe. too uh yeah i mean We'll see how the cost, if the cost curve is worth it, but um, the cost of action points for Spectra was just too much, you know, yeah. um, just like a flawed system. Yeah. I think some and, people uh, are going to uh, figure out some stuff because there is some like inherently powerful stuff like Figment of Your Edition, like draws you cards and, you know, or like oh, yeah. makes a ponder and then draws you cards and, and that sort of thing. So. The fact that she only has 32 life means that she's good, right? Like maybe not in every meta, 
or maybe you auto lose to Bravo. I don't know, but it does mean that she's powerful, right? And it has the inherent illusionist thing where once, if you get ahead at all in the game, it's really hard for your opponent to come back Yeah, because they lose so much value. So if you have two angels out, even if they manage to break through and deal you, well, they won't deal you any damage, but kill an angel, then you still have, you know, all of your cards or, you know, whatever, like they've, they've gained no ground except in your board state. Yeah. I think that's the reason she has 32 health is that if she has that extra eight health buffer to just spend tanking your turn and setting up, it's probably Mm -hmm. pretty hard to come back from that illusionist, uh, inevitability. And that's why she has like less health which you can kind of feel in some of the games you play like man good thing this hero has like less health and uh i can spend some health like dealing with their bullshit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i do i do like the dual nature of figments costing for or being able to summon them with her hero ability yeah like they're not dead if you draw them you can still hard cast them which maybe kind of sucks but is you know pretty cool yeah (laughs) I, i also I think it's interesting that all these really powerful tools she got to enable her game plan, like Angelic Descent, you know, your next Herald gets, or this Herald gets go again, the next one gets plus three, Angelic Wrath, you know, this Herald gets plus four, all of these cards that are really going to make you unstoppable, they also don't block. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. you know, you could also Celestial Reprimand. You can even run nine of it to get around poppers, but then you have nine more cards that don't block in your deck. So right. uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. That's the one that gives a, a, a defending card minus attack power, so it no longer becomes a popper. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Just I don't know. Could be good. I, I have not result, or, or memorized all the cards. Oh, gotcha. I just thought you wanted me to have a take on Celestial Reprimand. And my only take is I think most of my packs I opened had Celestial Reprimand at the beginning. <laughs> and it card looks hmm. really cool, but doesn't block. Yeah. Don't know if it's worth it. Shall we move on to Bolton here? Yeah, let's do it. Sorry, I don't have any uh, ironclad strategies for Prism, but it's going to be a fragile, fun journey seeing if you can uh, <laughs> get ahead of your opponents. Totally. So Bolton has got, I think, quite a few notches better. So we've gone from bottom of the list to maybe middle of the pack, uh, but maybe a little bit more. So like the bannerets are much better than I think we thought they would be. Um uh, well, two of them are a lot better. Banneret of Courage, which gives you a Courage token, is super good. And uh, Banneret of Gallantry, that gives you a Quicken token, is really good. So both of those things have been really good. Like Quicken, I mean, not Quicken, Courage tokens, I think, almost by themselves kind of solve Bolton or make it a real deck because as soon as you kind of get a Courage token and start the train going where you have plus one you now have the action points to have pretty consistent turns where you can attack with a thing charge your soul it now has plus one you can give it go again raiden 
you know, you can use your leftover resource to pay for Ironsong versus and then Raiden, you know, threatening another courage token, etc. So uh, those things are quite a bit better. I like the Majestics also. I think those are pretty big upgrades. Kind of the better Raiden deck I've seen is kind of like an all yellow situation where you're like mostly yellow because you have a ton of cards that care about it now and you're just kind of having these like pretty big pop-off turns where you're charging cards and swinging your sword and like chaining courage tokens into one another basically and it's like pretty good but it's like probably dies pretty hard to control (laughs) is what it feels like. Like you have no way to, or like you can lose the race also because you don't have anything that like forces interaction. You just have the threat of damage and you might not do more damage than like Lexi can do without blocking. You know what I mean? So I think the deck is like much better and I've been enjoying, you know, Spirit of War, I think, is really good. Prayer of Bologna is pretty good. You know, the Bannerets. I haven't done any beaming blade situation, but that seems fun, too. Yeah, you I know. like... The Bannerets are really good because they, like... I mean, they attack one for four, they block, and they're yellow. So they kind of... And they're light card. You know, they kind of do, like, everything. It's not like a liability that if it's not online to get charged, it's like terrible in your hand. You know, you like draw it and it's not online. You can just block with it if you want. Right. So yeah, that, that makes them good. And it's like, because you're doing yellows to like light the way becomes fine. You know, you charge yellow that has go again. Resounding courage is a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Even with the one cost, you know, smack them, get a courage token, get go again kind of love that so there's you know definitely some upgrades and stuff and yeah, uh, i i totally I do like think it. the i think the courage tokens are pretty cool for bolton too to like a clever way to um upgrade the value on some of his cards or upgrade the value on charging right because you lose so much value from losing a card um yeah so getting a little more value out of charging and like having bolton's ability turned on it's just like a good to me it's a it's a good upgrade for him without you know breaking the hero or doing something blatant it's just like it's a little bit better now yeah definitely and you know iron song versus is like for sure a baller card like that card's really good like the the fact that you can you know Take pitch a yellow, take flight, charge iron song versus into Raiden is like is really good, you know. Seven damage, you know, threatening the pump if you don't have a defense reaction on the sword, and then another courage token, you know, to save for the next turn. So you can kind of just carte blanche charge anything because it'll be plus one, so it'll have go again. You know, is good. I think Bolton is like a viable hero now not just Mm -hmm. a meme deck which sorry if you think bolton was already a viable hero with your sabers or whatnot but we're we're raiden boys it was not 
Bolton <laughs> is featured with a gigantic sword on all of his artworks. One sword, not more than one. So, just throwing that out there. Um, I uh, Bolton does have that factor where it's like because of the sabers combo deck, like they they can never they have to be careful about making it too good. You know what I mean? Like it's like if they made the Kano Wildfire deck too good, or like Reinar too good, or you know any deck that can like kill you with zero interactivity, um, then it feels like really really bad, right? Because you know if if Fi like I hate when Fi kills me, right? Because it just feels too good, right? But at least you can like disrupt or block at the right moments or you know whatever. But um, combo decks are like if you have a broken combo deck there's like literally zero interact like you yeah. can't do yeah. anything about it so i think that um that had to have factored in when they designed bolton even if they're building a card for raiden or whatever you like really can't have the combo sabers build just be like a you know an auto auto play the deck kind of deal yeah exactly so i'm happy that it is how it is you know mm-hmm. uh oh yeah okay i thought i forgot brute got more than one hat and i thought we were talking about the wrong hat at the beginning let's talk about levia all right the real protagonist of this whole situation yeah who wouldn't who would have thunk it i complained a little bit one time on the pod about i was like well Chain's getting another uh, another go of it, but Levi never really had her time. But I was wrong. Um, <laughs> they did give Levi a bunch of support in this set, so that's really really cool. Um, I don't know where to begin here. <laughs> well, like this is the question. So on the outside, as a non-Levia player, it seems like Levia has gotten a ton of tools that make the deck way better you know that's what it feels like is like there's a lot of stuff that banishes from hand now we have a lot more stuff that can recur from the graveyard we have the whole you can transform into an even bigger abomination or just become like you know a dominatrix so you have like way different ways to play and different strategies now so that's yeah. gotta be good, right? Yeah, totally. So the the new mechanic of banishing a six card from your hand as an additional cost is okay. It allows you to play your pay your blood debt, but as you mentioned earlier, you're trying to deal damage to your opponent to win the game, right? Correct. And having a whole additional card as a cost, as we know from Bolton, has to be like recouped in right. value you get, right? So like Ram Raider. Banishes a sixer from your hand and it's a two for six for go again, right? Like <clears throat> two for six go again is not enough value to cost you two cards. But what if you, know you get I mean? to play then Shadowpede? Yeah, that's totally. a card you banished. Yeah, for a so blue, then that's really 12 good. damage. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so then, well, that's three cards for 12 damage, right? Which is good, but that's like each card is a zero for four, you know? Yeah. Um which is which is definitely a powerful hand, but not yeah. like insanely above rate. If you, it's not a shadow peed, 
this play costs an extra card, right? So if you do it with like a Dread Screamer, it costs three out of Grave, so it requires some setup. If um, you do it with Ram Raider, it costs you like an extra card in hand, and then you're, you know, graveling growl out of Arsenal or whatever, right? So then it becomes uh, four cards for 13. But then you know? isn't there, there's another card that costs one and is a six, right? Um, the new Diabolic Offering. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah. But isn't yeah. there one from Monarch too? Oh, yeah. Um, so that requires beast? you to banish three cards at random from Grave. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, so there's like... Which is totally viable. Just if you yeah. play Screamer into that, that costs you six cards out of Grave, which is actually kind of expensive sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But just my point being that now there's like multiple ways to do 12 damage with three cards and as we no, know that's still that's still four cards so you need, a blue, beast. you need ram raider you need hungering slaughter beast and you need a card for ram raider to discard oh right because it can't be yeah 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 okay. so we're always looking at four cards for like 12 or 13 here gotcha um which is just fine right and the fact that you have the flexibility to go down to three cards and play like Screamer into Growl still or like um, the two cards for nine, um, you know, is really, really good. But is the Death Hydra good? I don't know. I've never played it. <laughs> Would you put it in your deck? Yeah, I mean, so it's a yellow and it blocks for three. And any game that might go long, I maybe want three of these in my deck. <laughs> Right, because you can just block with it, or if yeah. you see your pitch, then you can just play it, which is also great. <laughs> and if you banish it, you can also then plasma fed it later, right? Mm -hmm. Or can you not plasma fed it because you because those all like get turned upside down? How does that work? I gotta read plasma fed again. <laughs> um, but well, so one point about the um the shade and death hydra is that it does not pay your blood debt right so it's like yes that's very good but if you have those 13 cards but if you're, damage, you, fat, you're gonna be fine oh yeah totally yeah so you <laughs> totally. just you just have it in banish get to 13 life and then you just basically get to hydra them for you know 39 points of damage over three turns yeah, definitely. Seems great. But it's just, my point being, having 13 cards in blood debt is like a longer game. Yeah. Right, so it's like a totally dead card unless you set it up. And Leviah has always had like the more racy games, you know, like against Chain or whatever. And then the like longer games where you're playing against Old Him or something and you need these recursion tools like now Shade and Death Hydra or like... Um, tree you always call it yeah <laughs> when i play tree <laughs> yeah totally that's a great card um so yeah i do think this card is a good utility card but i'm unsure how impactful it will be in you know certain metas but well brute has their own like zero for five now too you know which is what everybody's upset about about revel and rune blood and other what? cards what like zero the, for five sad and scream Oh, that costs two cards. I guess so. That's but it does plus zero five. for two point five. <laughs> <laughs> but 
blocks for three also. <laughs> and um, well, so it's a non-sixer. So it does block for three, but poor graveyard management. <laughs> and the most important detail on like Ram Raider or Shade and Scream is that they banish a card at random. So you can't save it and a graveling growl or whatever, any one cost and a sixer to banish to pay your blood debt because you can't banish the wrong card and then just be stuck with a card in hand, which is like terrible value. Um, so to me, Ram Raider still goes in the deck, still very good, but I have been underwhelmed by it. It's really the kind of the crux of playing Leviah is a lack of go again. So I think that it's really powerful in that sense and that you can have like a six attack blocks for three and it can enable go again when you have extra cards, but just as like, yeah, uh, it's just not, not as good as I maybe hoped it would be, but that's okay. (laughs) I don't know. It seems pretty good. All of it. I mean, it just is like, there's, there's gotta be some, you know, amount of ratios you need to like kind of unlock a lot of these kind of power cards, you know, cause mm-hmm. sad and scream like is just your next attack. So you can use the weapon, you know what I mean? Which is like still a pretty good. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a six, but so it doesn't turn off your blood debt, but this seems like flexible enough to be, viable from an outsider's perspective you know what i mean yeah full disclosure i've not played shade and scream or tried it so i don't know but again you're it's two cards for five damage yep um which is not a good rate on cards and um critical strikes a one for five so that's two cards for five damage with two floating resources yeah yeah well, also, critical strike is not played very often. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's like a on-rate card. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think Shade and Scream is below rate because it's, again, it's two full cards for five damage, not one and a third cards for five damage. Right. Sure. Because you don't have any floating left over, which leads me to my next point of um, it's kind of like primeval bellow in the sense that because it's a zero cost it actually kind of hinders you a bit and that you cannot pitch to it to empty your hand so like if a card costs something you can pitch a blue to play shade and scream and then you have chosen which card you want to discard at that point but because you cannot pitch to it if you play shade and scream both the cards in your hand have to be like yellows or blues if you're going to pitch to your weapon following up because if you have like a red and a blue, you can hit the blue and then you're just stuck with a red and can't swing the weapon. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That totally so, makes um, sense. It's just all classic brute shit. Like Hellhammer, mm-hmm. two for six, but you got to banish it and it has blood debt. Like, how is that worth it ever? <laughs> I don't know. I mean? I'm I'm still on the Blood Rush Bellows Claws thing. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be. It's like the most powerful thing brutes can do. Yeah, all it, I mean, all it takes is three yellows in your deck. And like on your off turns, you're playing like, you know, Graveling Growl, not a yeah. weapon anyway, because the two cost weapons don't fit the cost curve of like two, you know, 
the other weapons cost curves are like cost cost four resources for your turn so are are terrible <laughs> you know in my opinion so uh i'm still on the clause clause plan um uh like you mentioned before slithering shadow peed is just like insanely good right right when you line it up with the ram raider or you know a play like that it's like pretty busted that's great it even so you like banish it to play your blood at this turn attack with it and then it goes to your graveyard and like fills it with another sixer you know it does everything you want to do totally but the like silver lining for me or like maybe the best part about it is it's just a one for six by itself so even when it's not online you can throw it in arsenal and like play it at the end of a blood rush bellows turn right Right. it it doesn't pay for your blood debt in of itself but it's like it you don't have to play it from banish or do any kind of engine thing right it's just a one for six which to me is fucking just awesome it's so good (laughs) then like how good is the new leviathan redeemed plasma fet situation like it just seems really good right like you have like a way to like kind of heavy blood debt breakneck yourself into like a powerful hero ability you know i mean obviously we don't know how like fast we're gonna mill ourselves out of our deck but that like still seems pretty powerful to like kind of play a majority of your deck assuming like a lot of it's your really good cards and then have the ability to play them all kind of again right my uh not messing yeah. up how, how that's played right and then you have redeemed where you're like oh shit i might die now i can not die from my blood debt you know yeah i mean so i should have looked this up but i've been assuming so you can only play one of these, right? Like, no, they're it, the same card. No, but so it has to be in your inventory to trigger. Yeah. Yep. So if you've triggered Blasphemous Leviathan consumed right. and you can't be that, redeemed, you can't then yeah redeem yeah, later. Correct. Um. And yeah, I you know, the Blasphemous Leviathan consumed is inherently really powerful just because it gives you card advantage. Right. You can play one extra card a turn, which yeah. like is insane. Um, is just how I read that. I'm 100% right. on board with your uh, synopsis of that. I Thank think you. it's very, very good. <laughs> it's uh, like you said. If you're so, if your opponent can survive, like I think if you're not intelligently still setting up like combo turns, as kind of has always been the case with Levia. Um, you very well could mill yourself out because you're still playing the same game, but also burning your deck. And Leviah does kind of have this thing where it's like, if you play two cards for nine or, you know, three cards for 12 or four cards for 12, that's still all within the range that your opponent can block. So if your opponent is blocking you out and you're like milling yourself and you're at risk of dying to blood, well, not anymore at risk of dying to blood debt, but um, not building turns to like go over the top of your opponent because you have no intimidate. 
you still need to like intelligently build bigger returns, you know, like pitch stack, blood rush, bellow, graveling, growl, you know, style turns, because, you know, again, like as, as powerful as this is giving you card advantage, the, the crux is still like go again. Right. So even if this gives you an extra card and your opponent doesn't do anything and you have six cards now, you still don't have the go again to play all six cards. Right. right? Like inherently in a good Leviathan deck. So, um, anyway that's just my take on that right like really really powerful but you still uh you know it's not chain where if you had free go again you're just like yay an extra card it's like (laughs) no i just have a bunch of you know six attacks and stuff and um i think that that'll be kind of part of the puzzle to solve right is like does shadow puppetry have a place now because levi is inherently a little bit more powerful and can afford that or you know like that kind of consideration Right. Yeah, those are all uh, good points. I'm excited to see how it pans out. Just from the outside perspective, when you kind of evaluate like cards and and things you want your hero to be able to do or whatever, you know, there seems like there's a bit more flexibility in the cards you now can choose to put in your deck in the way that mm-hmm. they can function. And so if you have that, it means you can have different play patterns. And so if we can get a new play pattern with cards that attack for six or seven or eight or, you know, 10 or whatever, uh, or 13, then that gives you a pretty good hero to play with. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with with such a tight engine like Chain and Levi had before and so few cards to choose from, it definitely like kind of narrowed what you could realistically do with the deck and having these extra tools does make it make it pretty interesting. Um, and it's the best deck for Husk, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because you can turn off that blood debt. Totally. So you can just get maximum six value yeah. out of it, which is really powerful also. Yeah, definitely. Husk is great. And has always been better in Leviah. Just Leviah hasn't been better. So <laughs> super true. Also, I mean, scowling flesh bag, right? I have to mention briefly the new brood equipment headpiece is insanely good. Yeah, there might so be good. matches in which Providence is like better to hand filter, but you know, flesh bag. I feel like it's it's a great card for brute, right? It's not it's so it's not good. crazy, but it's just very good. I mean, we know how good ice react is right Mm -hmm. like ice react is like crazy good and that comes at like a way higher cost like you have to pitch a whole card and it doesn't block but it in theory blocks this not only helps you block the uh break point like snatch go again but it also banishes the freaking card that they're going to use to like swing rosetta or you know it it like says block six damage is what it really says like a whole card plus two which is it is so good it is really really good it is a bit tricky to use because sometimes like for rosetta they already have one floating right they're not gonna pitch a whole card to it right and they still get to arsenal the card you intimidated so you have to kind of catch them at a time where it's like Maybe they have one card in hand and one in arsenal and none floating or something, right? Is like the ideal time to use it because then it shuts down their whole turn, ideally. 
if right. they don't just have a zero for four in Arsenal and are fine with that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of a guessing game. Um, I guess the the last thing I'll say here is I just, I mean, there's a lot of cool tools here, but to me, just the best tools Levi got are slithering shadow peed and diabolic offering, right? Like just more one for sixes. Uh, yeah. Is pretty insane. I kind of wish there was another, I guess Ram Raider is it, but like another source of go again, like uh dread screamer esque, but um, you know, have to keep it balanced. So I guess this is, this is all good. And you still, I mean, you still have scab skin leathers, right? Which in aggro matchups and stuff is, uh, <laughs> you know, like rolling the dice one time can like win or lose you a game, but, um, can be a source of action points when you really need to, you know, pull or call on the RNG to help you out. <laughs> totally. Wait. Also, there's these tribute cards, and I they're the exact same except for one attacks for seven <laughs> slash nine. Yeah, there one's a two for six, and one is a three for seven. Oh, gotcha. That's what it is. Okay. So it's a two for eight or a three for nine. Basically, if you're building a yellow or blue deck. Those are sick. I think they're pretty bad. Oh, these are awful. Fuck these cards. (laughs) I mean, they're fine, right? But it's just like, uh, so it's three cards for nine. Right. Which, which is good. Like, that's fine. But, um, that's what Bravo does. Yep. Well, they do 10, but anyway. Um, like it's fine, right? It's just <laughs> fine. It, but for me, it just like it has no go again. I guess it doesn't. It doesn't enable any of the like combo esque parts of the deck, right? You but know, it's like it, a card to arsenal, block with two cards, have two cards, yeah, type of deal. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, and yeah, three for nine is just fine. I mean, yep. Charity does two for nine, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I guess it doesn't have the hit effect that like spinal crush does, right. Which costs five. Yeah. So also a three, yeah. three cards for nine. Um, but it doesn't have that very good hit effect anyway. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I mean, she, she's know. great now, but that is a good point is that still no hit effects. Right. So you have to right. be outvaluing your opponent. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, as brute does, but no intimidate, no hit effect. So you just, you know, you have to play that value game Arm- totally. or her armor really helps there though. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um, all right. That's enough rambling. I'm very excited about Leviah. Very, very excited. <laughs> um, do you want to move on to Vincent and tell me about to. your takes and what you've learned so far about this is a wild new hero. It is a wild wild new engine. So you can uh, check out my replays of my just testing and evolution of kind of maybe an aggro Vincent build, what that would kind of look like. Uh, Still a lot to tweak. And I think I'm doing a good job of making changes incremental to just one uh, cohesive idea rather than like, here's 12 decks. I think it could be. You know, and I just kind of just play with same 60. So, uh, Vincent is pretty, 
gosh, what do I say here? Is powerful, but is subject to fatigue. And that is mainly, that might be also pilot error because I'm not really sure how to set up a winning in-game situation. But she has a ton of value. Like the... The rune gate mechanic is really cool, but is also really fragile. Like the difference between rune gate two and rune gate three is an ocean, you know, like being able to rune gate two is super easy. Like you have a blue and a rune gate card and your rune gate card goes, makes you a rune chant and then you pitch to grasp and then you do uh, eight damage basically. Uh, a two for a two for six for free from your banish zone plus the two rune chance is eight damage, which is uh, good. It's totally good, but the fact that you have to banish from your hand every turn makes it so blocking is uh, for chumps. <laughs> you know, like because if you if you block with three cards and you don't already have a rune chant, the only thing you're going to do on your turn is banish your last card, and if it's a rune gate card, you're one rune chant short, and then you take one damage. So you just... That's a losing strategy. (laughs) Not a great turn. No. So then you either block with that extra card, and then you really don't have a turn, and then you're hoping that they don't deal you a ton of damage on the next turn also. So as soon as you get on the back foot, you're like, fucked. So, so you've said blockings for chumps, but can't you block with two cards and play out like three card hands kind of deal? Like, isn't there a lot of value in like um, banishing a card, making a rune chant, playing a mob skies, playing that card into Rosetta, right? Yeah, totally. You would need to have like your tunic charged also, or have three cards for that to happen or a card in arsenal you need like three cards that's, for a that's what i meant yeah well yeah 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 which is like pretty good uh rosetta may or may not be the choice and i think this is a hot take because i'm starting i'm thinking nebula blade is really the way oh well because it makes you a rune chant and it is at a break point and like one of the mm-hmm. more powerful things you can do is mob skies into a rune gate card into a weapon swing or in magical Christmas land, they just let your, your mob skies trigger happen. And then you rune gate <laughs> again, you know, which is awesome. Um, yeah. But so you're having this like delicate dance of being a rune blade where you need very specific hands and a rune gate card you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like if you only banish a rune gate card every turn and play a rune gate card every turn as soon as you don't draw one you don't do anything you know well you can still play out a normal rune blade hand <laughs> right but like you would have to then that would require you to have non rune gate attacks so then your likelihood of not being able to rune gate goes up. See what I'm saying? So if you like 
have less rune gate attacks, you like have less chance to do the thing the hero needs to do to be like powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Just a lot of these cards are already, they're like two for sixes out of hand or whatever, right? So, yeah, they're like, or three for six or, yeah, yeah. they're like on rate. I mean, widespread destruction is like not great from hand. And also, widespread annihilation is really terrible from hand. So, like, widespread ruin is pretty good, you know. Um, so, my you, my point being not not that that's exactly what you want to do, but right. just if you whiff on something, you can still play cards. Kind of, you always have to banish a card from hand. So you always so if you don't have anything you can play from banish you always have three cards. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Which is like not good. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. You have intellect three. You're data yeah. doll <laughs> at this point. Uh so that's very, very bad. So like you can have really powerful turns, you know, because like you're running incantations, uh so you're like trying to always have that trigger of two rune chance. So you could be like you have sometimes where like five turns in a row you go like attack for you know six or or excuse me like seven or eight total damage into a weapon string with the threat of more damage if you let that attack hit you know and you could do that like pretty consistently um but then you have turns sometimes where like oh fuck i didn't draw an attack <laughs> you know yeah. or fuck i only have attacks you know, a classic like yeah. rune blade problem. And then for sure, if your life total gap is not wide enough for you to just do nothing and tank a whole turn, <laughs> then you kind of just wind up losing the game. Um, that being said, I think this is still like really early days and there's a lot of nuance to how to play the deck still. Because I think you do get a lot of value and out of your deck or engine because you can still just like have it set up an incantation and like block with three cards, banish your rune gate card, and then for the next three turns be able to send basically eight damage in a row, you know? Like turn two, eight damage, turn three, eight damage, turn four, eight damage, you know, and still be like blocking with quite a few cards. So that's like pretty powerful. And then by the time those three turns are over, if you have another incantation and your tunic is charged, you can play another one and keep that going. So you could be this like mid-range value deck potentially. Um, but there's, you're like so susceptible because like channel like frigid or a frostbite <laughs> you don't rune gate at a discount you just get to play it you know what mm -hmm. i mean so if you have four rune chance in your rune gate card is a two coster it doesn't matter you still have to pitch to play it <laughs> you know what i mean so it's not like viscerai where you would be able to get around that so you're you're pretty fragile in at least how i've been playing the deck gotcha but you have this and, whole other like eloquency token generating thing that you can kind of do that I haven't really explored, which also could be really good. I'm unsure. Yeah, I mean, just the 
non-attack actions without go again are that way for a reason. Yeah. So I don't know if Eloquence token generation is worth it, but giving those cards go again is really, really good. Um, I have two things. Yeah. The art on Requiem for a Damned is really good. And correct. why is this Leviathan card widespread destruction in this Runeblade deck? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> they just had, I guess, extra brute card art and we're like, oh, let's <laughs> give it to... Uh, to uh this this person i believe because vincette is bringing forth legions from the shadow realm arathiel i think or whatever and uh these are the demons she's bringing forth but apparently one of them is urser which is pretty sick and uh nazareth as well so and that's Blasphemous what's going on Fett. uh the that's cards that i bought some fat which one's Blasma Fett? Destruction? Widespread destruction. Oh, you think that's Blasma Fett? Uh, looks pretty similar. Oh, sweet. It's Blasma Fett. Love it. Boy, don't... Or go ahead and roast me if I'm wrong. I should have compared these beforehand. <laughs> uh, Deathly Delight is much better than I thought it was going to be. Just getting mm. extra life is really good. Um, Deathly Whale is for sure the best one, but is the hardest to play because it's Rune Gate 3. Uh, Rift Skitterer, I think is good, but is maybe also just bad forever. <laughs> and then Phantom um, Wraith is fine. <clears throat> so that's my take. Oh, I guess my my synopsis is: Is Vincent the new Runeblade queen of Runeblades and aggressive decks? Maybe, but I think there's definite. Like it's not so strong that it's like not able to be countered. But can you like not block out Lexi and just race? Yeah, you totally can, and you can you can win that for sure. Um, hmm. But you know, you get spinal crushed one time, and then you, the ceiling of your turn goes way down. Well, and uh, I will say Mob Skies in this deck puts a shit ton of pressure on your opponent, right? Because like when you play Mob Skies and come at me, I'm like, Ugh, it just feels like I have to block it. Yeah. Because you can choose to bank the rune chance you make. You can use them to play another card at a discount. You can, there's like all kind, or, or you just get extra value if you swing the flail. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, threatens a lot. And you can, you know, in theory, run nine of them in the deck. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure if Flail and Scepter are actually good. Mm. You know? Because then you run into the thing again of the best way to win the game is to deal the most damage. And right. Flail and Scepter deal less damage. Yeah, for sure. Scepter yeah, has... Fla- Go ahead. Well, Flail does one damage, makes a rune chant, so does a two damage, and gives you cost reduction. So it's like three points of value, but then you take a damage. So it's maybe two points of value. <laughs> well, it like only if it hits, which in a game where there's a ton of armor, they just, mm-hmm. that's like the best armor block. <laughs> yeah. I've been you doing know, that. Just you block just, with your armor. <laughs> yeah. You, you just crater fist it twice and, and you've saved yourself like so much, so much trouble. Yeah. You know, there's just all these interactions like with deathly delight that once like 
if every turn two heroes have lost life, you, uh, you know, get a lot more value out of certain cards. Yeah, I think, I mean, and that's why you have to run some shadow non-attacks. So like shadow puppetry, uh, beseech the demigon, uh, even funeral moon, uh, in envelop the darkness. Um, you have to play these cards that have shadow non-attacks because you do want to be able to proct her second ability, which is pay a life to make a rune chant unblockable basically. Um, because that's what makes deathly delight really good is that you pay one life to gain two life. So you net a life mm. and that's like, uh, pretty valuable or with deathly whale gets you two rune chants, which is just crazy, you know, crazy. Awesome. So <clears throat> that's what you got going on. I, if I had to guess in the current meta meta, well, Vincent's the last hero, right? Yeah. So this is kind of my synopsis of uh, Dusk, the upcoming meta, is that thankfully we have a hero that has rotated out because I don't know if these heroes from this set would change Classic Constructed that much on their own. You know what I mean? So thankfully we had old him go out and so now we have you know the pretext of that i think these heroes could be good and impactful but are they s tier i don't think so they're like a minus at best i think b tier most likely that's my hot take yeah i agree with you a hundred percent i am grateful that old him rotated out to shake up the meta maybe more than any hero rotating will shake up a meta except maybe prism but um and i'm grateful that we still have uzuri as kind of a like slower like control-esque option you know what i mean doesn't fill the old him role but is still like kind of that can counter like fi or lexi you know what i mean like in a not the same way old him did but in that kind of way so the existence of uzuri around is still great old him rotating out is still great um and we'll see how these new heroes slot in uh ranking them in tiers is difficult but they definitely i agree i don't think they're gonna dominate the meta but they definitely have the tools to do so and unfortunately as of this recording i haven't spent enough time playing to really see um you know, or if we can really find anything that's really broken, but there's definitely like the possibility of that, right? Like I yeah. said, like yeah. Sabres Bolton as a combo deck, if it gets too good, then it's just like busted, right? Like Prism's ability to gain incremental advantage where you just lose value to like tread water is really good. Um, you know, anyway, and on and on and so forth. Um, it is possible that there is like a bit too powerful of a mechanic here that I don't am not seeing, but just face value. I think the the design's pretty solid. Yeah. And I think too, like, uh, you know, like we said, prism and Vincent really cool designs. They're doing like a fun, unique thing in the game, uh, which is fun to do. 
but if they were at the power level or like you know tickling what their predecessors were at i think that would be a huge miss and be quite annoying mm-hmm. i think in terms of like the narrative for lss and their development and what heroes and classes they favor blah 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 you know shit like that the community would be upset now did i want my shadow rune blade to be absolutely broken of course i did <laughs> you know but i'm happy at where it's at you know what i mean yeah yeah i agree yeah i think also this is my other little caveat is viscerai is the secret super sleeper who got the perfect tools Ooh, to be really nice. really good i think those two new m's he got are great are really good and really bring the floor and the ceiling up for that deck wait so his specialization in which other card um runic reckoning hmm. which nice. is just a, a zero for three that blocks three <laughs> which is pretty sick yeah i mean so good <laughs> yeah no i saw that card and was it's just like what oh it blocks three. Oh, i get it yep pretty good <laughs> Yeah, totally. And bequest the vast beyond uh, viscerai specialization. The next rune blade attack action card you play this turn costs a resource less to play for each rune chant you control. Is just super good. You get double discount off of one rune chant. It's amazing. Makes a rune chant basically super good. And then diadetic carapace is what a great tool. It's going to be very good. It's going to be very very useful. I don't like that card. <laughs> I mean, no, I think it's really, really good. But to me, that's like, uh, because the Viserai Icelander matchup was not great, it just feels like a silver bullet card they printed to play into Icelander, which, you know, you I guess you got to do, but it's just too good, right? This card is like way above value, you know? Like Arcane yeah. Barrier 2 and Temper for 3 block on a card is just like insanity. It I just, mean, maybe I'm like oh, blown out of proportion. but No, I think it's really good. But it's just armor. You know what I mean? That's the only thing yeah. it does. Is it blocks damage either way you cut it. I mean, the only other Arcane Barrier 2 things, there are three other ones. Right? Uh, the dash piece... Visitronic. Yeah, the brute um headpiece as well, but neither Skull of those horn. really do anything. And then Stormstriders. But he's a wizard, so you know, gets it. Yeah. So any just the fact that this blocks three physical and two ABs to me like crazy. But well it is a legendary. <laughs> it's the enough. first yeah, see it's like <laughs> yeah. the first legendary that just like doesn't do anything you know what i mean yeah arcanite skull cap but that's generic yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Fair it's basically enough. arcanite skull cap but for your chest mm-hmm. which is good well that's it you got anything else to say that's all i got <laughs> 
I think Poison the Well is pretty funny. No, don't know if it'll get played, but like somebody plays Sigil and you play Poison the Well. <laughs> it's like pretty cool. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, uh I know the everybody's pretty into meeps, which I get, I guess. <laughs> it's got these cute little creatures on it from some fairy tale land, probably Arya. I mean, it is pretty good just because it pressures your opponent. Like, your opponent has to block that card. And it's just a stupid little card you don't want to block, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you have to. Totally. Just kind of cool. Should we uh, move into our signature segments here, Isaac? Yeah, let's do it. I just want to shout out Carlos Cruchaga again, our <laughs> favorite artist on the pod, apparently, for a censor. <laughs> and, like, all the art he's done. But it's all just really cool as well as Eleanor Pitiera for Figment of Triumph. That art's insane. And uh, they made a new prism, so she got to do more prism art. All right, that's it. Sweet. Yeah. Let's do Welcome it. to Pick, Pass, Prey. Monarch edition number two. Two monarch. More monarch. Two dusk to dawn. Hell yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Okay, draft scenario, Isaac, of Monarch. And I'm ready. It's, I'm going to give you three cards. One you're going to pick, one you're going to pass, and one you're going to pay. Pray comes back around. This is an oldie. This is rehashing one we did earlier, so I want to see if anybody's choices have changed. Nice. First card up is Zealous Belting Yellow. Pitches for two, cost two. Defense for two is a generic attack, action attacks for four. And it reads, when there's a card in your pitch zone with greater attack than Zealous Belting's base, Zealous Belting gains go again. Card number two, Halo of Illumination, light equipment headpiece, defends for zero, reads, instant, pay one, destroy Halo of Illumination, put a card from your hand into your soul. If it's a light card, draw a card, and it has Spell Void too. Third and final card, Surging Militia Blue. Pitches for three, costs two, defends for two, and it says Surging, or attacks for three, excuse me, generic attack action. Surging Militia has plus one for each non-equipment card defending it. So Isaac, which one are you going to pick, pass, and pray comes back around? I'm going to pick Halo of Illumination, Slam Dunk. Great pick. Uh, The Spell Void has value um just first chain and the uh ability has value like especially using iris uh because it allows you to like set up your like weapon right away um you're always trying to like make a spectral shield then protect it then swing you know or that you know that's one avenue you can take with prism uh so i think that card's really really good uh and i'm going to pray that blue surging militia comes back around not a great card but it's a blue right so you'll see it late game and then it forces your opponent to break and then is at a break point when they or sorry block and then is at a break point when they do block right so like they only have one health they have to block it with two three or one three block and two and a two block you know just like yeah that's like functionality in a limited set as a blue So yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. What do, what do you think? I, th- you know, 
for me, I think it's definitely pick Halo, 100%. Like, because if you're a light hero, you want to do that. You want to have that card in your soul for Bolton. You want it in there for Prism. Uh, just gets things going. It's way harder to get one of your heralds to hit than it is to just put something in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fact that Zealous, Zealous Belting is like pretty good uh, in Prism and Leviah. And because of that, like it's really good in Prism because it gives you a non- uh, spears of sterility attack with go again before your other herald or whatever and so that's great and it costs less than it does for iris so that's awesome also and a lot of your heralds at blue have five power so the yellow one is like really online a lot of the time for a lot of stuff so then you can go like zealous for go again into war tune herald all for a blue you know and that's 11 damage which is really good in limited uh but like you said with surging melissa militia because it's like a blue that functions in every deck and has like a way to have some sort of inevitability at the end of the game to kind of uh keep that back and forth going where your opponent like can't hold on to cards i think nudges it ahead for me in zealous belting so i'm going to do the exact same pick halo pray for surging militia and pass on zealous belting boom nice yeah zealous belt i mean it does have a lot of functionality when it's online in finding that go again and stuff but it's just like for me it like the block two especially um and the just yellow pitch was it's like not not enough so, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely passing on that. Yeah, it's totally fine, but could be, you know, we got to get more value, and I think we can get more value out of yeah. surging militia for sure. What uh, what did we pick last time? I'm not really sure, but no. I'm looking up what episode it is in case anybody wants to look at that. Um, I better pick the same things. I'd be out of my mind. <laughs> Young and naive I have a, if I changed it. I have a feeling that surging militia might have been higher on our list, but who knows? You know? Um, it is from uh, episode 26, Road to Nationals, week five, recap. Uh, August 31st, 2021. Is uh, That was a... Uh, Two years ago. <laughs> back flash back to the past or something. Yeah, totally. So this is in the uh very first road to national season. So you had uh just top aided with Azalea in the chain meta, and this is the final week uh recap. Nice. We, Thanks for the shout out. You had just won two RTNs. Mm. Or one in RTN and top aided the other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The RTN I won also was undefeated. I didn't even lose a game. Nice. And it's right before calling Vegas, so that's the zone. The zone we're in there. So I don't know what we picked. I do know that Hayden from Australia 
uh, said windmill slam the halo. Probably hope the surgeon comes back and it works with belittlementalism. Ooh, which is a good point. Hmm. He loves zealous belting, but you don't know you're in prism or levia first. Sweet. Yes. Well, he nailed it. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, totally. So one of the greats. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could go listen to the episode now, but I didn't check it out. It was more for the people, not for us. I hope we did the same thing. I hope actually we were wrong and then now, or we picked different and now we're just older and wiser and yeah. have made a better choice. Have grown as people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 100%. So we're going to go through a couple of these that we've rehashed and uh, see what we come up with. Nice. Rather than doing brand new ones just for uh, brevity's sake. I don't know what the right word is, but that's a good word. Anyway, we got a strong ending here. Like always, Isaac, it's great to see you, my friend. Glad we got to talk some flesh and blood. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's because I've been giving this microphone a mustache ride the whole time. So (laughs) (laughs) it's been great for the microphone. (laughs) That's really ending on us. That really ending on a strong note totally go check us out at OnlyFans slash the attack action podcast i'll make you a mush mustache microphone video or whatever bye everyone yeah <sighs> goodbye see you in the next episode bye thank you for listening you can find us on youtube facebook and instagram at the attack action podcast on twitter we are at BattleBro Taylor and at BattleBro Isaac. Shoot us an email, the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.